on Sundays right now, the, the 8 o'clock service is outdoors in his morning prayer. There's a, a semicircle of um, chairs. We're all out on All Souls Walk. And um, it's beautiful. It's been lovely. And, and the weather has participated nicely every single time. We've not had to miss a Sunday outside because of rain, which is a kind of miracle. But on Sunday, on the outdoor service, one of the things that happens every single Sunday is you've got the people in the, in the center, like all of you, and then there are sidewalks and streets, you hear the cars and all that stuff. But every single Sunday, there'll be someone who lands along the periphery, around the sidewalk or just around the edge. They, they might stop and pause for a moment and listen to a sermon, and if it's mine and they're a little bit bored, they just walk right on. Um, Every now and then someone will linger and will come sit down. You just sort of never know what, what happens out there because it's outdoors and the periphery is, is just so large, which is so interesting to watch. Um, whether you're indoors or outdoors, the periphery of any meeting, any gathering, um, sacred or secular, the periphery is really, really important. It's a kind of safe space out there so you don't have to get too close to the altar, too close to the center. Now, some people need to be welcomed in to get a little closer, but some people just need to take their time out there on the periphery. On the, for the outdoor service, it takes one priest leading it. And last Sunday, I was not that priest. Katie was up at the lectern leading the sermon and leading the service and the sermon. And so I was seated with the people in the pews or in the chairs in this case. And I was on the edge. When I came around the corner of the cathedral to go take my seat in the chairs on the edge, I passed a guy about my age with a backpack seated on the ground, literally leaning up against the limestone walls of the cathedral. That stood out a little bit. He was watching where everybody was gathering. What stood out even more is that he was talking to himself. Not too loudly, but enough for me to notice. I said, good morning. He sort of paid attention to me, but not really. And he just kept talking. So that cued me to something going on. I took my seat in the, in the back row and I was listening to the word of God and I was listening to him talk to himself. The Word of God kept going, and he did too, and he got a little bit louder and louder. And because I didn't have anything to do in the service other than, than pray and listen or get distracted, you know, sometimes it's fun to sit in those chairs like you are. We never know what you're thinking about. And I know that now because my mind, when I'm not leading the service, kind of wanders too, and it was doing that. But as he got louder, what I realized, he wasn't a distraction to the service, but what I realized was he, he was kind of asking implicitly to be recognized or acknowledged in a more dramatic way. I had my collar on, I had a suit on, so I looked like a preacher. And so I just walked right over to him. He immediately stood up and we walked around the front doors to the front doors of the cathedral right around the corner where it was just the two of us. I said, hi, I'm Richard Lawson. I'm the, one of the priests here. And he said, I, I'm God and the Buddha. So let me pause for just a minute before I continue the story. Um, it, it was, I was, knew what I was doing. Um, I have spoken with people in situations like this for 20 years, so I'm comfortable. And I knew there was an usher and some other people right around the corner if I just needed a little bit more help. I didn't. Everything went, went fine on that. I know that when you come to church here, and I think this is one of the most powerful things about coming to church here, you're going to encounter people, sometimes in our services, often on our grounds, who, just like Jesus Christ, have a 
a walking life. They're walking around on these streets, just like Jesus walked around Galilee. Some of them are just, just here in search of, of worship and good company. Some of them are here in terms of looking for, for services or a bus ticket or a little bit of cash, all sorts of reasons. I'm always comfortable in those situations. Um, you might not be. Don't worry about that. If you ever have somebody where you come across where they need a little more attention or a conversation, come find me. I see Dan Parker. Everybody look behind you. Dan Parker, our maintenance supervisor. Wave to him again, Dan, if you will. Um, this is, uh, everybody say good morning, Dan. Good morning, Dan. Dan is our maintenance supervisor. He's a great soul. He does a great job working around here. And Dan has training experience with, with people on the streets and does a great job with that too. You can always come to us and say, hey, I've got somebody you might want to check on. And we can do that. Um, but even if you just come to church here and never engage those conversations, it's powerful that you come to church here in this neighborhood. So back to the story. He introduces himself as, as God or the Buddha, and then he immediately told me something that he regretted that he had done the night before. I looked him in the eyes, and I said, oh, God bless you. And then he was gone fast. So there was no time to say, hey, let me tell you about St. Francis Center. Do we need to get you to meet with somebody? I've got some, some people who do that. There was no time for any of that. That's not what he was looking for. And he was gone on his way. Now, I am an Episcopal priest, and I have a biblical imagination, which means I believe the Bible is the Word of God, and, and it helps us to helps us to look below the surfaces of situations and people and see things that the eye alone might miss, that facts alone might miss. And I believe in that situation, a lot was going on, but a lot was going on below the surface that's really, really, really important. This was someone who was, when I first encountered him, seated leaning into the stone, limestone walls of the cathedral, leaning into it. And if there's anything I know about those limestone walls, that they represent security and permanence and safety in a building that's going to be there for a long, 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 long time because it's committed to this neighborhood and maybe even symbolically something about God being everlasting. The Lord is my rock, the psalmist says. And those limestone walls preach that without words every single day. So he was leaning into that space. I think the, the stone walls of this place anchor us within time and with the eyes of faith into eternity. He came here and the first time he sees a priest, in the first moment he speaks of God. Now he claimed to be God. But let's not worry about that for a moment. Um, that, that would take a, a couple of more conversations for me to know where that's coming from. Um, but he did speak of God and of the divine immediately. And so do we. So do we. And he said something that he regretted. And we will shortly talk about those things we've done and left undone. Trying to wed our story to other people's stories who've, who've done things they shouldn't have and left things undone they should have done. And maybe even asking just for some measure of, of, of blessing or grace or, or a fresh start tomorrow. In all of those ways, in one sense, what he does is very recognizable as what we all do here Sunday by Sunday. So when I hear the letter of James, 
when I hear this, this story James tells to the, to the church about um, you've got two people who walk into church on a Sunday morning. He didn't say Sunday morning. You've got two people who walk into church, and one of them is dressed, dressed to the nines and has gold on, and the other one does not, and one of them is, is welcomed warmly, and the other one is not, and you know who and you know why. When I hear that story, what I think about, especially this week, is how these grounds every single day, every, trust me if you don't come down here, every day, if you don't believe me, Katie will tell you, these grounds welcome people every single day. The grounds also do things like offer service. We've had a clinic that tried to, that, to see if you had COVID. We've had direct services that can get you to, to a vaccine or to can get you to a shelter. We've, we've had all that. With the St. Francis apartments on our grounds that got 50-something people off the streets into really nice apartments. But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about services. I'm talking about that people come to these grounds for, for, for symbolic even religious reasons. They come seeking safety and security. They might just come seeking shade, and God knows we need that. And while they're here, their, their, their eyes might be lifted up and follow the lines of those great towers all the way up, not just to the skies, but to the heavens above. They might think about God. They might get some symbolic reassurance that they're not alone and that God's with them. They might look at a cross and relate to Jesus's suffering, like the huge Celtic cross that is on the, out on all souls. You'll see it at coffee hour today. And they might find kind conversation with somebody who represents the church and maybe even God. I'm not God. And all of that. There's a lot going on on these grounds. And what that means, when you and I take care of the fabric of this place and the grounds and they're open and public and free, when we take care of these stones, when we try to make sure that this place is going to be here for centuries, we're doing more than just maintenance. That is wedded to our very mission as a cathedral that is planted right here and wants the gospel and Episcopal community to be shared right here in this neighborhood for the centuries to come. It matters where we are deeply, and it matters that you come to church right here. The letter of James is really beautiful, and we've been um, reading it for a few weeks. We've got a couple more to go. You can read it in one or, or, or two sittings. Um, it's, it's prettier than Paul's letters, but Paul didn't care about being pretty. But it's just this wonderful, wonderful language. And what James really is really so concerned about is that our beliefs and actions are paired, and that how the church offers hospitality and, and services, justice, not just hospitality, also justice, to people who are poor, says everything about our belief in Jesus. James is also concerned about wisdom and prayer. And it's the latter that concerns me the most this morning, prayer, for a lot of different reasons. James reaches this crescendo. He tells a story about Elijah. I won't get distracted by that. But G James says, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. 
And I want to do another aside. My whole dream as one of your priests is just merely to be effective. If I'm effective, I feel like I've done a pretty good job. Uh, I don't know that I can be powerful, but I love the bar being effective or helpful. But he says, the prayers of the righteous are powerful and effective. Prayer is not magic. Um, Prayer doesn't just fix things. We all know that. Um, And if you don't know that, you'll, you'll learn it in your 50s or 60s or 70s, you'll eventually learn that. (laughs) Prayer doesn't fix things. It's not magic. What prayer is related to is mystery. What prayer does, why it's so powerful, is is it opens our eyes and, and our souls and our minds to look below the surface of situations and the surface of people, including ourselves. It helps us, for example, prayer does, it helps us, for example, to see that the poor and the poor in spirit are all related by blood and divinity and desperation, if you're honest. It helps us to look deeper at all situations and see what's below the surface. And that's always mystery and longing and divinity and humanity and dignity. It helps us to look below situations. Sometimes the facts don't tell the complete picture. So we come here to pray. And as we do that, as we come here to pray in this neighborhood with all of these people gathered and all the people that come to our grounds, let us remember that prayer is powerful and effective, but not because it's magical. It's powerful because it's so mysterious. And as we learn to pray in this place, on these grounds, may God help us to realize that we can pray at all times and in all places. Amen.